Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Got a love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it and follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back, my little turtle doves. This week, we are going to talk about the do's and don'ts of a sick fling. And we're even going to define success because, look, we can't figure out the proper methodology to get what we want if we actually kind of don't even know how to define what we want. How can we do something that's successful if we haven't defined success? So we're going to get into all of this and we're going to talk to one shalligator who's having a bit of a quandary about a guy at work that she likes. and She's considering a summer fling. So we're going to break down the different pros and cons of that as well. But before we do, oh, let's get relaxy, right? Chillaxy and relaxy. Let's roll our shoulders back. Oh, yeah. You know what I like to do? I like to like sort of massage under my arms. Is this weird? Like sort of your armpits. You can carry a lot of tension in your armpits. If you just press your thumbs under there, you might be like, ow, damn it. Well, you know what? That's that's a data point. Stretch your arms over your head. Ooh, that's nice. Roll your shoulders back. Ah, wiggle that jaw. I think I've told you guys before, like <laughs> I was in a sex shop with my friend and like a talk was happening. Like, We didn't know it, but they were talking about anal sex. And this lady was like, the mantra needs to be loose jaw, loose anus. And sometimes Becca and I will just text each other that randomly. And whenever I think like my jaw is tied, I'm like, well, uh uh-oh, you know what else? So put that in your back pocket. You never know when you're going to need these little factoids. You might need to put something in your Tinder profile that's interesting. There you go. Okay, so we're going to breathe in through the nose. Hold for a few counts and out through the mouth. In we go. In through the nose. And out through the mouth. 
One more time, there's no right or wrong amount of time to hold the breath for, so do what's comfortable for you. In through the nose. <sighs> and out through the mouth. And as always, be sure to follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO. And check out my YouTube channel. Like I told you guys, is a bit of my summer of slacking. That's okay. We're still going to do a video or two a week, but we're dialing it down. But if you do need some one-on-one -on -one help with me, there's a few ways to find it. You can request a little video with me on Cameo. Head on over there. I'm ShallonXO. Or if you want something that's a little bit more personal and detailed, a little bit longer even. Actually, the videos are pretty, very detailed. I ramble for like 10 minutes. But you can head to my website, ShallonLester.com, and click Submit a Question. Okay. So like we said, we got to define the terms, right? Sorry if I'm like panting. There's a lot of fires in Montana right now. And I remember now that I was doing this last summer, sort of like, <gasps> like hyperventilating into the microphone, but it's really smoky outside and it's gotten me sick. So I apologize. I'm not sort of dying. I mean, I might be, but whatever. So we have to define a, like the success of a summer fling, right? Because again, if we don't know what a successful scenario looks like, whether that's a successful meal, a successful friendship, a successful job, how can we formulate a good plan to get there? How can we come up with a recipe? So a successful summer fling, I believe, is one of two things. It's either something that has no strings attached, no drama, it's pure fun, and usually it has some sort of added benefit, like He's got a boat that we're going to use all summer. He's got horses. He's sober driving for our friends every night downtown. Something like that. Or he's just really great in bed. And man, have I not gotten laid in a while. Okay. But the key word there, the key phrase is no drama. No drama. Now, look, some of us actually fucking love drama. I mean, we do. It like gives us something to think on. We're like, ugh, we're like a cat pawing around a stupid bullshit ball of tinfoil, right? But this summer, I want you to just take a vacation from drama and instead invest that energy into, I don't know, working out over the summer or working on your art project or your Etsy store or that book proposal or studying for the LSATs in the fall. Try to reorient your drama. Try to re-sort of like map that river and reflow it someplace that's going to serve you, okay? So that's the that's one definition of a successful summer fling. Another one is you guys have a fun summer. You take it slow, getting to know each other, or maybe you take it fast, but casual. You know, you like hook up a bunch, hook up immediately, but it doesn't, it kind of, it kind of stagnates. You kind of keep someone a little bit on the back burner until cuffing season, which is the fall, and then you get into a relationship. I have a gaggle of boys going on right now, and some fall into one category and some fall into the other. There's the flings and the wifeys, right? And I've talked about this in the first Evil Week video that's on YouTube, like how to have a hot girl summer, kind of like a slutty summer and be just unbothered. So I go into that a whole lot more, but I wanted to kind of define those terms before we get into it because I want to read you a question that I got from a shalligator that I think is going to resonate with a lot of you guys. She said, Hey, Shallon, I'm 19 and just started working a summer job until the end of August. And I think my coworker is really cute. He's 21, but I'm not sure what he thinks of me. I definitely wouldn't mind hooking up with him without being in a relationship, but I don't know how to get that across to him in a way that won't like embarrass me if he says no, because then I'd have to see him 24-7. Or in a way that doesn't come across as weird or uncomfortable. It's also hard because I feel like he doesn't 
think I'm the type to do no strings attached. So if I asked him to hang out, he'd probably think I'm asking him like on a date. So how do I convey the message in a subtle but still ladylike kind of way? Okay. So I answered her question in a way that I, I'm sure she probably didn't like because <laughs> I think she wanted like precise phrasing and I can give you guys that. So my shalligator, if you're listening, we're going to go a little bit deeper, but I wanted to break down a little bit of what she was saying in this. I think it's very telling. She's like, I don't come across as the kind of girl who would do no strings attached. Why is that a bad thing? There's something that I call the Samantha Jonesing of American women. You know who Samantha Jones is? She's Kim Cattrall on Sex and City. She's like the man-eater one who's just like, fucks, no strings attached, blah, blah, blah. I loved Sex and the City when I was younger, like when it was on. And I mean, the world was in like the throes of Sex and the City. But as I've gotten older, and certainly after I became an actual New Yorker, you look at these women as these like hyper color, you know, neon versions of various dimensions of all of us. You know, it's like, I'm a Charlotte, you're a Miranda. You know what? We're all fucking Charlotte, Miranda, Carrie, and Samantha. We're all of these things in one. And I mean, yeah, for TV's sake, like you have to have characters with specific personalities. But Samantha was such a gift and a curse to us women because no character had come along like that since Blanche Devereaux on The Golden Girls. And I love Blanche Devereaux. Like she is my spirit animal. But Blanche had this softness about her, this sweetness. Samantha had an edge. She had a bite. And therefore she had this, what I call like kind of a one dimensionality. Like, did she have other friends? Like, did she have a family? Where'd she come from? She just came across as like, I fuck and that's it, you know? And on one hand, it was great that she was glorified for that because women aren't. I mean, shit, man, look at history. We don't, I don't need to tell you guys that. We know that. So it was really cool to have this archetype of no strings attached sex. The downside is if there is even a sliver of your personality that that resonated with, you were kind of thrust into that category. I was at the time and I was a virgin. It's like, wait a minute, how am I a slut and I'm still a virgin? How am I a man eater and I've kissed two people? This kind of doesn't seem fair. I mean, it's complimentary in some way, but like it's not, I don't know, it's not accurate. And then I feel like I've kind of started to live that label. I mean, kind of like look at my entire career, right? My whole brand. But what the downside is, is women started to feel like they should be like Samantha. Oh, no, I don't need to catch feelings. I don't need a boyfriend. I just need to fuck. Do you? Why is that? the win. Like, why is that so much cooler? Well, on the surface, it's like, it's an insulation. You know, if I don't catch feelings, then I can never get hurt. I can never be disappointed. If all I'm after is sex, if I set the bar so incredibly low, wow, I'm I'm not only not going to be disappointed, I'm going to be delighted. My expectations are going to be not just met, exceeded. So this is actually going to work out great. Uh, it's working out. It's working out great. I just, oh, I just love this. It's so fun. No, I'm just like fucking and rocking and rolling and crying and eating and taking Xanax. I'm in hell. Studies show 
that after three sexual encounters, and they don't define sexual encounters even necessarily as intercourse. It can be like third base. It can just be making out. If like that's where you, if that's how you define like a sexual experience, you know, if you haven't had sex, then making out for two hours is as much of a sexual experience as you have. So that counts. Three times and you start to catch feelings. And that's at the outside. That's at the outside. If anyone on planet Earth can separate love and sex, honey, it's me. I am really good at it because I am kind of like a Samantha Jones and I am kind of like a dude. Like if I get in that mode, I'm like a frat guy. I'm like a fuck boy. Like, so I understand fuck boys because I'm like, hey, I'm like you. <laughs> like I am the wolf in sheep's clothing. But I'm not immune to catching feelings. And the Samantha Jonesing of society has told us that we should be. It's a good thing when you can fucking not get attached. Is it? Or is it the denial of our very hardwiring? Bad people turn our best quality into our worst, don't they? They turn our trust, our empathy, our ability to bond, our big heart into a weapon, into a target to fire something at. Sometimes those people are other women. Oh, you just get so attached. Sometimes they're men. Oh, I thought you were cool, but now you're just like all about the feelings. It doesn't matter who's doing it. It matters what's authentic to us. So when this alligator's like, he doesn't see me as the kind just to fuck with no strings attached, maybe that's because you're not. Maybe that's because you're not. And maybe that's fine. Maybe you don't have to Samantha Jones yourself. Maybe the way he sees you is actually accurate. Or maybe, girl, you have no idea how he sees you. Maybe you're projecting because that's how you see yourself, because that's how you live your life, because that's what's authentic. And therefore, that's what's okay. So when we find ourselves like projecting this, like I, from what she says, there's no data that he views her that way. Maybe we should listen to that. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't know that I can do a relationship, you know, just a booty call with no relationship. Do you have data that that does work for you? Maybe, maybe not. Whatever the data is saying is fine. Is fine. Maybe the data is saying, hey, I can make out with three guys in a night and like not really care, not think about them ever again, but I can't sleep with one in a month or I'm going to catch feelings. Who cares? It's fine. It's whatever works for you. But again, you cannot craft a recipe for success if you don't define success. And if you're not honest with yourself about truly what works for you and your heart and your alignment, you are forever going to be miserable. Forever. It's like wearing shoes that don't fit. Yeah, right. Do we ever have those friends who it's like, I'm a size 27 in jeans. It's like, Bethany, you're a 31 and it's fine, but you're super uncomfortable and they look super bad. Like, just be what you are. Be comfortable. Look your best. Feel your best. Same goes with emotions. But let's say that you are totally gang for just something fun and unencumbered and a definition of a successful summer fling. Okay. It's natural to choose someone in your immediate proximity. It's like a geographical monopoly. Studies also show that we are hardwired to fall for the most mateable man in any population. We talk about this a lot in terms of camp hot. You know, you go to summer camp and you're like, oh my God, David Goldstein is the hottest boy here. And then you get out of summer camp and you're like back at the mall for a week and you're like, wait, I was twisted over David Goldstein for two and a half months. What the fuck? Right? We do this as, as women. It's a survival thing. It's like a leftover survival thing from the caveman days. You had to partner up. So you were going to be like, fuck, man, like one-eyed Willie's just going to have to work to get me through the winter out here in the frontier, you know? But 
we are evolved people and we can override this, but we just have to be able to recognize that it's happening, you know? So to take a step back, it's like the reason I have a crush on this coworker is simply because first of all, I see him all the time. He's in my vision. I'm bored. Like the thing I'm doing, work, the gym, school, summer school, whatever, is boring. I need some stimulation. I will simply decide that he's good enough. So how do we go about having a summer fling with someone we see all the time, whether it is school or work or whatever? Hmm. Ooh. So one time I read an interview with a NASA engineer and he said, there's a million ways a rocket launch can go wrong and there's only one way it can go right. This is the case with hooking up with a coworker too. I am a hoe and a half. I am. I love boys. I love hooking up. And yet I never hook up with someone at work ever. I don't flirt. It's like I just shut off. Once one of us quits, okay, fine. That's fair game. But while we're at the same job, absolutely not. Why? Because I've done the calculus on the different ways this could go. So let's break this down. The best case scenario is you hook up. Somehow you magically don't catch feelings, but this is almost impossible, right? We've talked about this. Three seems to be the magic number for catching feels, whether it's sex or other stuff. And it's likely that you're going to hook up with someone three times before the end of the summer or whenever, maybe never. Maybe you guys just keep working together. Okay. So that's kind of the best case scenario. The semi worst case scenario, you put yourself out there. He shoots you down the next however many days, let's say 40 days, are miserable, awkward agony, right? So this could affect you picking up shifts, doing overtime, studying, basically making money or advancing your future. Okay, so then you're not only miserable and awkward and you're avoidant now. And so now it's having consequences on more than just your heart. It's having consequences on your bag, your future, all this stuff. What a fun summer. Dude, what a fucking waste, right? The absolute worst case scenario You do catch feelings, you fall for him, and either he feels the same way, okay, but do you live near each other? If not, if it's going to be a long distance thing, this isn't really viable, you know? But okay, maybe I guess a good case scenario would be you backburner him a little bit, you keep it kind of like low-key out of reach, then you get into wifey situation in the fall when it's cuffing season, okay, fine. That's possible. That's the rocket launch going right. But again, there's a million ways it could go wrong. The worst, 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 worst case scenario. You catch feelings. He doesn't. And now you have this, not only an unrequited crush booty call scenario, you have it with someone you have to see every day. It is the confluence of two miserable possibilities. So we've identified, what, three or four bad outcomes and one semi-distant Uh, maybe it's possible scenario as the positive one. I don't like the odds on that. That's about a 25% chance at best. Would you play a game that only had a 25% chance of winning? Would you get in a plane that only had a 25% chance of not blowing up in the air? I wouldn't. Why are you getting in that same kind of emotional plane? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing I told the alligator. If he's not making a move on you, girl, Why do we think that is? Why do we think that is? It's maybe because he doesn't want to. It's a data point. Either he's staunch about no mingling with coworkers or he's simply not into it. Either way, you got to let that play out without trying to force something.
Because what happens when we force something? The passive reciprocation loop, right? Oh, he'll come over and fuck you. Yeah, he'll like talk to you at work. I mean, he's like kind of a captive audience. Got to talk to someone. That is not the same as courtship. You are going to twist those data points into being something you want them to be. I see this all the time. Very rarely are guys actually lying to us. Honestly, I mean, I talk to you girls all day. This is what I do for a living. Very, very rarely is it the guy just lying and lying and lying. Most of the time we are doing that for them. We're lying to ourselves. We're purposely misinterpreting data because we can't handle the truth. We are inserting impossible, wild scenarios to explain away behavior that really just boils down to, uh, he's not into it, he doesn't like me. You know, oh, he's busy and that thing with the cat and the, and the anal glands, you know, why do I keep bringing up anus, anuses? I'm sorry. We just import all these excuses for men who are not making excuses for themselves. This dude that she's working with hasn't said, hey, you know what? I just, I would never, I would never look at you as the kind of girl who'd have like just a booty call. I, she's importing all of these things onto him, right? So I'm just not sure that going for it with a coworker is worth it. This could also be said for a neighbor, a classmate, however you want to skew this, someone you have to see that you cannot get away from logistically and who you possibly might only be interested in because of the geographical monopoly, because they just keep popping up and it's like, oh, well, this seems easy. Maybe it is. Maybe it would be easy and totally doable, whatever. But again, that rocket launch, a million ways it can go wrong, only one it can go right. So how do you define it going right? If you have a concrete definition, it can go right if we hook up once a week when I'm drunk, home from the bars, I booty call him, he comes over, we fuck. He gets up, he doesn't even spend the night, he gets up the next day, leaves. Ugh, fantastic. That might be viable to achieve. It's like, I don't know, you already like someone else. The other way to have a successful summer fling, girl, you got to have a gaggle. It's not gonna work if this is your only dude. It's just not. We need to start dating like men. Men don't have just one. They date a bunch of chicks at one. And then when one pulls ahead of the pack, that's who he picks and settles down with. And if none of them do, if they all annoy him, he just wipes the slate clean and starts over. That's how I've been doing this summer. Wow, is it freeing. I literally texted a guy the other day, don't text me anymore. And he's like, okay, I won't. And I said, I appreciate your compliance. (laughs) Like, just, I'm done with you. You start as a booty call. And he was trying to like, he was trying to do what girls do, like pull back and get me to like date him, but like not really asking me out, but I'd be like, hey, you want to come over? He's like, oh, I'm like busy, like painting and making kombucha. I was like, oh, Jesus. I'm going to drop off some tampons while I'm at it. it. It was just like, this is, this is not your lane. And the more you try to manipulate the situation, the less attracted to you I am. Now you're just a headache. Done. Bye. Know your role. Okay. You're not wifey. I'm sorry. Maybe I could get to know you, but I want to get to know you when you're coming over and doing what you're sent to, not when you're texting me about kombucha. I don't care. Ugh, brother. So we got to start dating like dudes because guys are not good at anything, right? They're not really good on planet Earth except for like field dressing a deer and compartmentalizing, compartmentalizing. Women, I think there's something about us. We're hardwired to when we see a guy we like go all in, all the way in. I can't just fancy a guy. I have a crush on him. No, 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 no. 
I got to make a move. We got to make out. We have to date, love, marry, die together. We just have to go all the way down that rabbit hole. Guys, you would think they're like this because they're hunters. And you know what? Maybe at their core they are, but we'd never let it play out because we're desperate and chasing. Whatever. But they can like us just a little. Huh. Well, why isn't he making a move? He only likes you a little bit. What? Dude, I know. It makes no sense to me either. It like literally does not. It will never, ever make sense to me. It's like if when the chef brings you out just a little like a mousse-bouche before dinner and you're like, wow, that's great. Women are like, damn, can I order more of those? Those are great. A guy's like, I don't know, it's fun. You get a little like taster spoon at Ben and Jerry's. Like that's the best ice cream I've ever had. A guy is able to walk away from that emotional ice cream store. And we're like, no, they're, they'll give you a bowl of it. No, I don't want a bowl. I just wanted to taste. You're like, what? I don't know, dude. I, it will never make sense to me. It will never make sense though why my dog can't talk, but he can't. And I don't take it personally and I don't get myself twisted about it. I accept it as fact and move on my way. So guys can compartmentalize. This is why they can have a vacation fling with the girl and literally never speak to her again once the plane takes off. It's like, done, done, done. I've had guys I've had feelings with on vacation be like, you're the girl I could marry. Like, I'm obsessed with you. And I'll like text them like a week later and it's like ghost mode, like the driest text in the world. And I'm like, I, a week ago you said you wanted to make a baby and now, okay. But it's an out of sight, out of mind thing. They compartmentalize the fun. They see and set an expiration date and that is set in stone. And speaking of set in stone, if you go to a guy and say, hey, I'm just interested in a fling, that is set in stone. So when you almost inevitably catch feelings and you try to pivot out of that role, first of all, he's not going to appreciate it. Look at my booty call. I did not appreciate it when he was trying to pivot out of that role. I'm like, no, we had an agreement here and you're reneging on it. And now you're annoying me. And now Honestly, like, I can't trust you. I can't trust what you're saying. I can't trust your motives. I can't trust if you're coming over. You're more trouble than you're worth. This is not what I signed up for. My, my desires were set in stone. And do not pretend that yours aren't. Or I'm sorry, do not pretend that yours are if they aren't. So you cannot, re- you can't put that genie back in the bottle. So this is what we do. Keep this dude at work as a fun, flirty way to pass the time at work. A reason to do your hair, put on the cute jeans, blah, blah, blah. Until the end of work, until the end of August. Then after you've gotten to know each other, you bided your time. Hey, see what happens when work is out of the way. Again, if he wants you, he'll make a move. He knows where to find you. Men are hardwired to hunt. Let them. We are the bait. We are not the fish. In the meantime, get that gaggle going. At least three, at least three dudes, maybe two are more rigid. It's like one's, one's a guy you actually are low-key still in love with. Okay, then add in a bunch of guys from Tinder. Go out on two Tinder dates a week. You don't need to marry him. You don't even need to kiss him. It just adds in new data because the guy you've been just so in love with and I love him when we get back to school, I'm going to make a move. You've romanticized him into mythology. He's so funny and he just understands me. Okay, well, if you go out with, six new guys in like a month or two months, maybe, oh, he's so funny. It's like, oh, well, actually, most guys are pretty funny. They're as funny as him. And, oh, he was just so thoughtful. Well, I mean, three out of these six guys have been very thoughtful in planning a date, actually more so than my ex or this dude I've like mythologized. So, hmm, the more data you have, the better. 
Data is power. Data is control over your own anxiety. We are constantly being fed data. That's not the issue. It is coming at us 24-7 from all places. It is our fault that we do not interpret it and analyze it and crunch those numbers emotionally. We're just like, I don't know if only I knew more. And your friends are like, bitch, you know, the writing's on the fucking wall. We do this with our friends. I just don't know how he feels. I'm like, Kirsten, God damn it. What do you mean you don't know how he feels? You saw him making out with Hannah at the bar. That's how he feels, girl. That's data. Okay. If we've ever been frustrated with our friends, maybe, maybe we should make sure we're not doing the exact same things. There's no, and this goes back to the alignment, there's no wrong answer. I know what you're thinking. Well, no, there is a wrong answer if the data says, this guy doesn't like me. Is that wrong? What's wronger than wasting your time? How much time do you have on this earth? Well, until I'm old. Oh, are you sure? Is that like a guarantee? Did God notarize that contract with you and Lucifer? Not sure that he did. She, she did because God is a woman because only a woman could be as spiteful as God is, right? Like, we know that. What if our time is more limited? Not to get morbid, but we kind of got to step back every so often and be like, hey, if this past year has taught us nothing, life isn't guaranteed. The things we took for granted, the quote unquote stability, the normal things, the baseline foundation of our lives, well, they're disruptible too. The very amount of time we have. Maybe it's long. We hope so. We pray to God it is. Maybe it's not. And maybe we should honor that and live like it isn't and not waste our time and not waste our emotion and not be such fucking cowards all the time that we can't accept that maybe some small penis dipshit doesn't like us back. I mean, are we really so weak-willed, so callow? I don't believe that we are. Look at the things that all of us do. I talk to you guys all the time. You're authors and lawyers and artists and lovers and fighters and wonderful daughters and sisters and moms. And we're like, but I can't take an emotional cold prickly about this fuck boy. Grow the fuck up. Grow the fuck up. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Believe me. If I thought I was asking you guys to do something wild and just totally emotionally impossible, I wouldn't ask you to do it. I wouldn't ask you to do it. There's a lot of things that I could that I could say that are emotionally impossible. Like, oh, you got raped? <laughs> Brush it off, girl. No. <laughs> you were molested? Like, LOL. <laughs> Who cares? No. No, man. That's no. I only tell you to do things that are not only possible. I see people doing all the time. Things that I'm trying to do. Things that you guys tell me you have done. There is, again, data for this. So we got to be good about this. We got to be brave and look things in the face. That is how we have a hot girl summer. That is how we become fuckboys. Man, is it fun to be a fuckboy. It's fucking awesome. You get to fuck and get to be a boy. It's great. You just get to do whatever you want. You get to kind of run the world. You get to, at the very least, run your own life. You're not run by fear or neuroses or anxiety or this feeling, oh my God, I'm not going to belong. No one's going to like me. Fuck boys should feel like that, right? They should they should have the very healthy and realistic fear that eventually I'm going to run through every girl in this town and no one's actually going to love me. No one's going to be there for me when I'm sick or tired or have a bad day. They should be afraid of that. They're not, though. They have confidence in their own resilience. 
They have the confidence in the extravagance of thinking there's a woman behind every other woman and on and on and on, just an endless supply of love. We don't think that. Why? Men do it. They get to run the world. Seems to work out pretty good for them. Let's reframe that and let's start doing that. Let's be fuckboys this summer, but have it be rooted not in like malice or anything like that, but just confidence in honoring our own needs first and being in alignment with who we are, walking in the light of the truth and not fucking people we work with, girl. Seriously, don't do it. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage.